Well, 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 for a three and 10 football team, we certainly seem to have a whole lot to talk about. And some of it is extra spicy these days here on Six Rings and Football Things brought to you by our friends at the FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel, make every moment more. Make sure you sign up now, fanduel.com slash six rings to take advantage of their fabulous same game parlay offers. No sweat first bets. And don't forget our special offer. Hashtag fade Fitzy, whatever I end up betting on, all you got to do is bet against it. Chances are you're going to win a whole lot and help yourself to a very merry and mirthful holiday season. We're brought to you as always by WEI Odyssey and 2400 Sports on today's program. Gee whiz, for a midweeker, we got uh, this thing is just packed tighter than Cousin Eddie's Winnebago right now. We have some Bill Belichick comments on a recently signed away player as well as his current job status that you're not going to want to miss. We've got a mailbag, a Santa's bag, chock full of questions from you, the Pats people and Foxborough faithful as to what in the hell is going on in Foxborough and who's going to be there to steer the ship after January 7th. And then get this. Our guy, Mike Cadlick, the WBE, he's currently the beat reporter again. He's not the beat down reporter because the Patriots recently won a game. Mike Cadlick caught up with the man of the hour himself, NBC Sports Boston's Tom E. Curran, to ask him about his now famous report, which has, it's teetering on going global. It went viral at the start of the week. Now it's gone national. They're even talking about it this morning on Good Morning America and beyond. So if it's making the morning TV shows and the rounds, I think it bears addressing. So Cadillac caught up with Tom Curran on the state of the Patriots. His, <clears throat> it's not a report. Oh, it's, it's a, a report. Now, is it a report? Right, no, where are we? Just let's, let's define that. Here's the first mailbag question. Fitzy GFY coming to you from his uh, trash hole office studio. <clears throat> when someone says they've heard something and then they present it to an audience at large, is that considered a report? Because... If you are an insider and you have a long, trusted history of covering the sport, the beat, the whatever you want to talk about, and you say you've had conversations and those conversations led you to the belief, idea that the decision has been made, I'm sorry, I have to trust you at your word that those conversations were with relevant people. You trusted the information enough to share it publicly on your large platform. So therefore, it's a report. And Tom Curran's report is that the decision was made to move on from Bill Belichick after the loss to the Colts in Germany. Now, he's backtracked a little bit since, and people will even hear his own words uh, later in his discussion with Cadlick. But to me, he reported that these are the final four games of Bill Belichick's tenure running the New England Patriots. That's what I took away. It's as simple as that, that when I first listened to the audio Tuesday, uh, it came across as clear as day, just like, transparent as freshly made glass. The, this is the end for Bill Belichick. The frustrations, the t whether it was flaring tempers, aggregated frustrations, pent-up annoyance, whatever. A after the German, like, if, the, if it was a, that's it, I can't take it anymore. Uh, if that was said, then that's what's going to be done. I mean, we all say things like, you don't just run around like, I want a divorce. What? No, I mean, I, I didn't really mean, and they, that comes from a certain place. And then you don't just get to walk it back. Right. And you can't say that on television, knowing that you have a website people read, popular Twitter feeds, and people that are dying for any little, uh, little nugget of information now, because there is so much mystery coming off of last weekend 
when a very popular national sports television show was in Foxborough talking to the players at large, Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick. And Pat McAfee says, we all know what you got to do. And, you know, I, I don't envy you. I mean, like, are we swinging the executioner's axe or not? Are we dropping the guillotine or no? And I do think that the McAfee comments um, tie in, are relevant to the discussion because you have two people, one who's a former NFL player who has a massive platform, who talks to a lot of people, and the other, a trusted insider who are saying the same thing in different ways in the course of a three-day span, right? Mm -hmm. Like, okay, so the people that are supposed to be in the know or pretend to be in the know or act like they're in the know seem like they know something. So I'm going to assume they know what they're talking about. Otherwise, forever again, when I hear them, I'll think maybe they're full of crap. Yeah, you lose. Like, this is a, a risky proposition. Side note, you said you've got two people, and I'm so conditioned to hear something else. I was like, is this is this time for you people? No, two no. People. This, don't be so sensitive. I said two people. No, I don't mind. I, I, please. I the, Whatever you see here now, just completely. I'll get to sensitive. you people at some point later. I, wonderful. I, we And we look forward to that very much. And I continue to beg the people in the basement of our building in Brighton to please find a sponsor for you people because it gets brought up so frequently it would get significant airtime and laundry. And yes, I know my image froze there. My internet is absolutely garbage this morning. I apologize if there's any digital breakups in our podcast and presentation today uh yeah you can't say that that many times you can't have dan orlovsky say that a few weeks ago like oh i've heard it's uh the destination's been picked and everything really oh well i mean oh hey i listen let sean stellato and tommy devito and the devito family do with the oh hey i ooh. like that's what they do if you're gonna say something stand behind it or don't say it at all because you run a significant risk of being lumped into the boy who cried Wolfgang. Uh, and, and then no one's ever going to believe you again. And when you base your career on people believing you and trusting you at your word on something as significant as the future of the people uh, who have orchestrated or been uh, in, heavily involved in the greatest sports dynasty in the last century, you may want to actually, you may want to actually watch your word. So we'll get to that a little bit more later. And don't forget Mike Cadillac later on in the podcast with Tom E. Curran. Uh, now, this morning, uh, Wednesday, December 13th, 2023, Bill Belichick had his usual midweek presser. Of course, he's on to Kansas City. It's Chiefs time. Big, big game this Sunday. Big one. Chiefs are stumbling. Patriots won a game recently. Tay Tay may be in the house. But there are some other pressing matters that Bill Belichick addressed first. Like, for example, the loss of uh, somebody that has been quite a polarizing figure in Patriots Nation this year, Andy, Malik Cunningham. That's right. On Tuesday, Malik Cunningham officially departed once and for all the New England Patriots. He was on the practice squad. He was released. He was back on the practice squad. He was elevated to the roster. He was back on the practice squad. He was signed to the 53-man. He was released. He went back to the practice squad. He was elevated once again. He was back to the practice squad. My guy. And then finally, he was rescued from this madness. He was officially signed to the Baltimore Ravens 53-man roster on Tuesday, putting an end to his time in Foxborough. Bill Belichick addressed the matter this morning, saying, uh, answering a question, I'm not sure if it was from Doug Kide or, or whomever. Anyway, the pool of Pats reporters at large asked him, was an effort made to retain the services of Malik Cunningham? And Bill Belichick said, yes. However, Baltimore sold him on Malik Cunningham being an ideal fit in that offense and that being the right system for him as a quarterback. 
Obviously, his his uh, his mentor, his idol, if you will, Lamar Jackson, is there thriving this season under Todd Munkin. Lamar Jackson, um, he's the A value brand, and to a lot of people, Malik Cunningham is sort of like the store brand uh, version of the premium product that is Lamar Jackson. They're Louisville guys. It makes all the sense in the world. But what a bummer that we never got anything more than that fun preseason run and then a lot of questions about Malik Cunningham and Foxborough. Yeah, Malik mania was the most unfulfilling mania that I've ever seen. Because Oh, wait, hold on. Was that worse? Okay, what was worse? Uh, the hype behind, the hype behind uh, Capone's vault, the Dan and Dave marketing campaign of the 90s in the Olympics when neither of them even qualified for the decathlon, or Malik Mania in Foxborough? I'm going to say Malik Mania. Malik Mania might be the worst of all time because the season has sucked for the most part. So, like, there was an opportunity if you had any desire to get him. I mean, the wide receivers suck and the quarterbacks have sucked, basically. Bailey Zappi had a nice half last week. But other than that, we've been looking for something at the two positions that Malik plays, wide mm -hmm. receiver and quarterback. And if you go to pro football reference for his Patriots career, it shows one game, one sack, five yards lost. That's the totality of his stat line for his career as a member of the New England Patriots. That was a sack in Las Vegas when he was that weird backup role when Mac was on a short leash but was really on the longest leash ever because he didn't really have a backup who was ready to play very much. The whole thing. Um, and I feel bad. I, I think it's great for him. Same. Like he, it, it's... You know, he was he entertained me this summer in his cockiness. Um, and I don't say that in a bad way. He made comments of like, you know, I I saw what Julian Edelman did here in his transition and I'm a better athlete. So I figured it was a good spot for me. Like he had a little air of arrogance to him that I enjoyed that I think you probably need if you're going to transition from quarterback to wide receiver, whatever. Now, I know a lot of people now look at it and say, well, they actually screwed him. If they had just made him a quarterback all along, maybe he would have been ready to play and maybe he would have mm -hmm. played here. Um, and obviously the system and the ability to be just a, like a, like this is a stage production. He's now the stand in. He's now ready to go. Like if Malik like he's a clone, like right off the line, like well, that's not what as he good. right. No, no, like, no. But like, a, you don't expect he's a sequel. You know, they always say like, yeah. if a se if a sequel earns 60% of the original at the box office, it's considered a massive success. If he could, let's say Lamar goes down as opposed to Snoop Huntley. Now you get uh, maybe Huntley's still the backup this year, but whoa, like you whoa, take whoa. time. Pro bowler, pro bowler, Snoop Hunt. Excuse me. If pro respect right. on the damn man's right. name, pro Butler, just like uh, he was almost a backup to pro bowler Mac Jones in New England, and now he gets to be a backup to pro bowler Snoop Huntley in Baltimore. I mean, it makes all the sense in the world why sure. Baltimore didn't make a bigger effort to get him in the first place. I don't know. Maybe they did, but maybe New because New England offered him the equivalent of a king's ransom as far as UDFAs go with $200,000 guaranteed back in May of 2023, I can see why he came here. And obviously the Patriots needed an infusion of talent at quarterback and receiver, yet he got no meaningful reps. I can't help but wonder, the same way we've been led to believe Bailey Zappi must stink out loud and, and suck on ice this year because he didn't have the confidence of his coach and coordinator earlier and got released, came back and it took forever for him to take over for Mac Jones, who is clearly broken and a shell of a man and a quarterback now that maybe we're going to see Malik Cunningham go somewhere else, make some plays. And that's going to leave Pat's nation in a Bob Lobel. Hey, how come we can't get guys like that whirlpool once again, 
that that does clearly exist, Andy. I do just want to share real quick before I get your final thoughts on this. Um, Mark Daniels and other Patriots reporters did share, a, as did Mike Cadlick, a number of screenshots of stories from Patriots players. Now, we liked and wanted to see more of Malik Cunningham around here. However, people aren't really that interested in our Instagram stories. However, uh, you had Mac Wilson Sr. saying, happy and sad at the same time. Love you for life, little bro. Uh, go have fun and be great. Trent Brown, go flourish where your talent is respected, little brada. Wow. That's the big one. To me, that's that, the big Clearly, he was woo! loved by his teammates. Clearly, he had a nice relationship with a lot of guys, but that's the one. <laughs> and I said this to our buddy Rich Keefe last night. Trent Brown didn't say that to Malik Cunningham. Even though he's atting Malik, he's saying that to the world. He wants the world to see what he thinks of Malik Cunningham and what he thinks of the lack of respect that was given to Malik uh -huh. Cunningham in New England by Bill Belichick, Bill O'Brien. I'm not going to put specific names on it, but the the, the organization. We'll say the yeah. organization. The yeah. organization. Because if he wanted to say that to Malik Cunningham, I'm guessing he has his text and could just text him or FaceTime him or whatever. Yeah. Like he wanted this publicly unveiled. If I had something personal to share with you, I probably wouldn't do it right now. Not right. that we have the same audience right. as Trenton Brown's Instagram, but right. I'd probably do it off air, as they like to say in the industry. No, um, he wanted this to speak to the world. He wanted this thought out there. And, you know, it's obviously, in my opinion, a shot at the organization and at the powers that be, at the people that oversee. Doesn't mean he's right. Trent Brown's wrong in a lot of ways uh, over mm -hmm. the course of his career, the way he's and he loved, but that, what a what a curious relationship because he he talks about how much he loves Belichick, how much he loves Scar, of course. But those those days are long gone. He loves Belichick, respects him, thanks him for giving him the chance, blah blah blah, and then takes organizational shots like this. It's just again all of these signs. Now I'm just going to try to like start doing math or following the money, as they say. All of this points to me towards uh, points towards organizational chaos and a lot of dis disconnects and disrespect. That's just going to make me think a flush is what's going to be necessary at the end of the year. But that's the next topic. Anyway, a couple others, uh, God show congrats, bro, go crazy excited for what the future holds for you from Dietrich. Uh, he loves him. Uh, you had Bentley, you deserve it, bro. You deserve it all. Congrats. Um, Judon. No, 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 no. Bring bro back. Like these guys absolutely loved him. Um, chase greatness and, from Thor. Yeah. I mean, like, I, so if all these guys are like, this guy is an athlete, this guy could be a playmaker, but it's cool that he's over here doing nothing. And now he's got a chance to go flourish. Like what do they see? What do they see on the sidelines and in the coach's box at Foxborough, Andy, that the rest of the world clearly doesn't or vice versa. They see what they want to see, which is a, uh, talented young athlete who can do certain things. And I think Bill O'Brien and Bill Belichick and those guys see a talented young athlete that can do certain things, but those things are not what we're looking for our quarterbacks to do. We built a certain platform here for Mac Jones and a certain style of quarterback. And that's why I don't necessarily, just because there's a little, I'm going to make a comparison that you didn't see coming in this podcast. Whoa, hold on one second. Let me just, all right, I'm braced. There is going to be a lot of Tom Brady in the, Malik Cunningham transition to Baltimore. Andy, what the hell are you talking about? Why are you comparing Malik Cunningham and Tom Brady? They couldn't be further apart, right? Right. Oh, sure. No, but what will be the same is just because it worked for Tom Brady in Tampa Bay 
doesn't mean it would have worked the next year for Tom Brady in New England. He wasn't going to win the Super Bowl in New England. It's a different atmosphere, a different opportunity, and a different setup. I think the same is true for Malik Cunningham. He may eventually get on the field this year, next year, behind Lamar Jackson and find success. That's in the Ravens offense. That's doing Lamarvelous things for the Baltimore mm-hmm. offense where they're not necessarily asking him to go through pre-snap reads and make sure you get us in the best play and all change out of this and audible to that. And then blah, 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 post-snap. No, no, no. It's okay to have one read and then be an athlete. It's okay mm-hmm. to run the, like, so you know what I mean? Like just cause he a has thousand, a thousand percent yes. doesn't mean he would have had success in Bill O'Brien, Bill Belichick's new England offense here. You're not, he's uh, maybe it wouldn't work here. So they took a chance on trying to create a new Edelman like project for some reason, the patients ran thin or somebody else seized on the Patriots indecisiveness. He can now go succeed there. Doesn't mean he would necessarily be a success in nope. Denver or Detroit. Like Baltimore might be the perfect fit. And again, that's what Belichick said. They sold him on being the perfect fit. And he's he's not wrong. He's absolutely right. And it makes all the sense in the world to all of us. Um, best of luck, Malik. Uh, we were looking forward to seeing more of what you could have done. And now we get a chance to see it just in colors that I absolutely hate. Hey, you know what? When he throws it, if when if and when Lamar gets hurt and he throws a touchdown to Zay Flowers, um, what can I burn down? Not, not my house. Uh, something's getting broken. Shit's getting effed up. Cunningham jersey. You got a jersey, right? You can go in the backyard and burn a Cunningham. Jersey. I haven't. Why would I burn? That's disrespectful to him. I'm not a jersey burner. I haven't bought You've a never jersey. Never burned in years. anything. Out of dis uh, as a sign of protest. A T-shirt, a jersey, anything. No. Never, really? I'm not one of those guys. I think that's very disrespectful. Well, for sure, yeah. you would do that for cheap clicks on your what? Uh, socials. Oh my god! Listen that's what you people you. did. Ah, oh, there it is once again. See, lumping me into the pile of, of the Pats populi, and those aren't even real fans. I never would wear. I wouldn't wear a bag over my head. There's gimmicks and stunts along the way, but I like to be a little more original, unique, or creative with them. Thank you very little, sir. Thank you, and and I said good day. Slams door. All right. Uh, Also, Bill Belichick spoke this morning about his future and a certain report, Mm. or rather, was it a report? Some words offered by someone who appears on our radio station regularly, who also has a popular Patriots podcast, who is a trusted insider in Patriots Nation. That, of course, being NBC Sports Boston's Tom E. Curran. Just in case you haven't heard the audio yet, we'll have producer Justin Turpin Drop it in now. This is from Monday night, early edition. Tom Curran sitting with Phil Perry and Trenny on the set. Uh, And he relays words that sounds like he was pretty confident standing behind as it pertains to the future of Bill Belichick in Foxborough. When they came out of Germany, conversations I had that week made it very clear that a decision was made and they were going to play out the string, and at the end of the year, there would be a parting of the ways for a variety of reasons. I think, and I wasn't told this specifically, but the main one being, don't fire Bill Belichick during the season. It's just not going to happen. Additionally, though, he's an asset. He's under contract for another year, which we reported after ESPN or NFL media reported there was a long-term extension in place that would keep Bill locked up long-term. It's only through next year, so that would not be an impediment to them changing course. And it had gone too far. The Germany game, the Commanders game, the Saints game. All huge marquee games, and then there was a Chargers game after that. Just because they won last week in Pittsburgh in prime time, I don't think it quells anything. All right, I'm sorry, Andy. When I hear that, 
I think it is just, it is fate complete. Like it is stone cold lock of the week. Like it is done ski. Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft, Gwyneth and Chris Martin. They are uncoupling. And I can understand after the Germany game, being embarrassed on an international stage, your team only scores six points and the other scheme, other team scores as many points as it was years. It took Robert Kraft to get that game together to say that's obviously this isn't working. Um, but to then say like, oh, it's not a report. Like, well, then don't say it. Yeah, I, I, I think he's reporting it and I trust him. I believe he had conversations How with important people that led him to believe that the decision had already been made. So, I mean, I guess minds can always change i guess that's you know the the sort of out he's giving himself just in case the powers that be decide that yeah i was emotional back then and i'm less emotional now i don't know whatever but yeah no i believe that the report is that after the germany game the crafts and it has to be the crafts because the crafts are the ones that make the decision robert Kraft and jonathan Kraft. um like, man that concession worker went off and i was like he heard something and i knew it right i was no, like putting on is, my little reporter pad no, this is this is a respected reporter and Patriots insider who was given every indication that and this is a month ago now. Right. We're talking about early November um, that took place in Germany. So we're talking about for over a month, final two plus months of the season. The Crafts knew what they had to do, what they're going to do to put it in sort of uh, Pat McAfee parlance that, uh, yeah, that Bill Belichick's now playing out the string as the head coach of the New England Patriots. Now, Curran did painted as it's going to be a parting of the ways, right? A mutual parting of the ways, mm -hmm. which I don't really care about. That doesn't really, I don't care whether you fire him, he retires, you mutually part ways, you trade him. All we care about is there's going to be a new man or right. multiple new men, new bosses, new people running. And you've had this week, Gerard Mayo talking about like, yeah, he'd like to continue his coaching career in new England and blah, blah, blah. Like we can piece together all the other aspects of this, but from our purposes moving forward, as you said, what is it, January 7th, when we start doing podcasts that are true off-season podcasts? January 7th at 4 p.m., the final Six Rings post-game show of the season should be an interesting one, uh, to say the least. I wonder I wonder if, let me ask you this one, Andrew. Remember Tom Brady's now very, very, very famous or infamous in a lot and many parts of Patriots Nation, post-wildcard defeat to the Titans appearance, where he is in a black T-shirt, and referred to the Patriots in third person. Remember, he's like, they have a great team. And everyone's like, oh, he's leaving. Think Belichick will do the same? Uh, well, and that would be my spin on this. I actually just posted a column yeah, like this. It's like, gross. You never really knew or thought or expected or accepted that Brady was done, even though a lot of the the paint writing on the wall told you he was done, right? And you never it was really. Broad brush. It wasn't writing. It was broad brush. Absolutely. Stroke. But he jerked us around. He did that. Is he coming or going? You know, Gillette Stadium. Walking oh, the, in, walking, remember that whole now I'm thinking of the Hulu ad and I'm pissed oh, yeah. all over again. Oh, he jerked the fan base around in an inappropriate way. And you people tend to forget things like that. I don't. They leave a mark with me. I think it's disrespectful and I don't care for it. Um, but I, I would say don't let that happen with Bill. The greatest coach you will ever have coaching your team is done. That is the report. He's done. He's got two games left. He's going to face Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, which is the new measuring stick for success in his conference. And then he's going to finish it against, appropriately maybe, the hated Jets in the mm -hmm. finale at Gillette Stadium. He's no longer going to be the HC of the NEP, and it's going against that team that where it all started, the trade and the whole thing. Like, 
take this in, accept it for reality and fact. Don't look back and say, I wish I had cheered. I wish I hadn't booed. I wish I hadn't done like, no, no, no. You have a full month of closure here. That's coming. You had to get that weird closure with Brady. Like he came back with Tampa. Then he came back this year for the day. Like now we finally got it. Right, 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 right. This, you have a chance to kind of accept the finality of it while it's happening and embrace the great. And like, for me, I just wrote this, like when he walks away on January 7th, it's not a three-win coach walking away from a miserable season. It's a six-time Super Bowl champion who's leaving for the final time. Like, treat it, forget the present, acknowledge the history and the greatness. Because I feel like people will regret it if they don't treat it that way. The yes, yes. It, like so. Look, we've both we and say not to th- make things personal here. Like this isn't necessarily something that like needs to be said offline, but. We've both lived and lost significantly in this life before, and it blows. And yep. anyone who else who has lost people of great significance, I, I I sympathize. My heart goes out to you. It's the worst. Andy and I are members of the lousiest club in the history of the world, and there are many others of you that are as well. That said, when you le- when when someone departs uh, the great green ball of nonsense permanently. And you just are left with like, son of a bitch, why didn't I say this? Or I wish I let him know that. Or I wish I told her this or did that with them. Like, don't, don't right. be left with those feelings. They suck. They absolutely suck. And so if you're, if you're like, well, you know what? I am frustrated with him letting Brady go. The Patricia thing was stupid. And this season has just had my, my guts in a knot the whole entire time. Like pasta twirled on a fork. Guess what? It's going to be over. And there are so many DVDs and merchandise and memories and, and hugs and handshakes and watch parties and memories at large that you should just embrace wholly. So good column, good, good spin, good take by you there. And uh, I'm with you. So um, you know what? Root your balls off Sunday for him to beat Mahomes one last time and frustrate him like no few other coordinators have been able to do since Mahomes got in the league. Maybe they can go out to hope. Denver. You also have hope. Like right. because of what happened on Thursday night. Yeah. And because of what happened previous to Thursday night for the the Chiefs, like you have more hope in this game. You've talked about maybe there's a regret of flexing it out of Monday night football, that this is actually a bo- a potentially entertaining football game. Andy Reid, Bill Belichick, Patrick Mahomes. Ooh, Bailey Zappi. Can he string together two games where he actually scores the football and, and makes some plays? So um, I, I think if you go to Gillette Stadium on Sunday afternoon, you go with the the desire or the plan to just cheer to have fun, to relax. Like, what do you got to lose? Don't fixate on the number two pick, which thankfully some stuff has happened that is allowing you to stay in that mm-hmm. slot. Just just go there. Like, if they put Bill on the big board, I'd be cheering. Like, I wouldn't even – it would be, like, reactionary. Like, I'm just going to cheer Bill. Every time they put him on the – oh, damn it, we go three and out for the fifth straight time. Yeah, Bill! <laughs> like, I, I just right. – I owe you it. this for everything you did. Right, you were like right. – like a family member for a quarter, like for a quarter century. It's like half my lifetime. Bill Belichick's been the coach of the Patriots. That's a significant change. Like these are monumental, momentous moments in your human existence. So and acknowledge it for what it is. Hey, maybe they'll go out to Denver. They'll make another great move like in 2003 when they took the safety and snapped it off the crossbar. Maybe he'll finally go up and sneak one by Buffalo one more time. He may beat the GD Jets. Who knows? Maybe not. He could go 4-0, and 0-4, oh, 2-2. It's really irrelevant, right? Just enjoy it for what it is. Enjoy it. Enjoy what you got while you got it, folks. Um, Because on re- and on you sing. Yeah, you know, this should not until ha- it's gone. This should not have been flexed out. Boy, I bet. I bet now NBC is like, wow, we really screwed that pooch. But how would they know? Hey, 
It, it is what it is. Or so many people have said famously, or one person in particular in Pat's nation. All right. There's the old first leg of the podcast addressing the Malik Cunningham situation, Bill Belichick's future in Foxborough and so much more. Now let us move on to some of your questions. You people, as Andy likes to call you, I call you the Foxborough faithful here in the six rings and football things podcast mailbag. All right. All right, FanDuel, thanks very much for sponsoring the Six Rings podcast. Here we are moving merrily along. We're in the mailbag now. Andy, let's just get right to it. Uh, we've got questions from the Tweet Machine, uh, from the Book of Face, and so much more. Uh, all right, our first one from Twitter, at Chody underscore Foster. <laughs> Fabulous handle. Are Curran's reports of BB leaving actually confirmed, or is this just a rumor for now? Well, it, it's neither. It's I don't it's not been confirmed from anybody else that I've seen, but it's not just a rumor. It's Curran's reports. So there's a there's a gray area in between, I guess. It's not fact, but it's not just a flippant opinion either. Curran, as we talked about, is a trusted insider who I continue to say it has plenty of sources. He's been around. He's the longest tenured beat writer in New England. He has been covering this team since the 90s. He's covered everything Belichick, everything Kraft, everything Brady, every, like Brady Bledsoe. He's, he's been through it all. He has connections. So I'm just going to hold it at face value. If he says he had conversations and those conversations meant something to him, I'm going to trust his conversations. Same here. Uh, there's no way for any of us, none of us have a source that we can confirm this through. And if we did, we better be careful if we then subsequently release that information because that's going to be an awfully shaky platform for us to stand on uh, yeah. a pedestal of information or misinformation. I'm going to lie. I've reached out to a few people I thought maybe could get some information from the upstairs. I've gotten nothing confirmed, a few interesting little nuggets and tidbits, but until I can firmly stand on that ground, it's not worth sharing as well. And that puts Tom Curran on some very interesting grounds. Yes, indeed. All right, from Facebook, Dan Frost. We celebrate the work of his brother Jack and family. Could Bill Belichick and his camp have leaked this out so the crafts are painted into a small corner by having to deny that he'll be fired? You know, kind of like the way that con that that member, yeah. yeah, the rap sheet report, like, oh, Belichick just signed an extension. Right. No, anything is possible. I We've talked about soap opera and leaks and, you know, mm -hmm. CYA kind of thing. Take care of look out for number one kind of stuff and stuff starts happening and losing and all that. Um, do I think that's what happened? No. If, if you made me just speculate again, just sp pure speculation, observing the tea leaves from afar. Do I think that's what happened? Um, no, I, I don't think that's what happened. Um, the one thing I will question um, as mm -hmm. we kind of piece all the pieces together is did so we have three people who sort of um reported intimated whatever suggested dan orlovsky tom curran and pat mcafee that like the decision's already been made everything's kind of everybody kind of knows what's going on right was mm -hmm. in some form or fashion the three of them reporting that is it possible that they talked to the same person is it possible that they um polluted each other's pool of information did they talk to each other and say oh you heard that oh i kind of heard that too well that doesn't mm. mean necessarily you confirmed it um so that that's the one thing i would question is those three people do they swim in the same pools of information and did they contaminate the the pool interesting very interesting indeed yeah i i can't i want like so many add this to the pile 
as they say, of questions that will be con- that will swirl around Pat's Nation. People are going to wonder about now, along with the, you know, when did the Brady departure talks begin? Why didn't Butler play, et cetera, et cetera? Now, who did Curran hear this from? Who was the leak? Who was the source? Who's the mole? And when did this all start? I think it's been going on for quite a while. Uh, Carl Allen on Facebook, Andy says, rooting for a pick seems just wrong to me, but I can't go through another season like this. Is Bill Belichick's parting gift a move from two down to 15 again? Meaning like, is his part, is he going to try to win all of these games, get the Patriots in the middle of the draft order as opposed to where they are now? Oh, I think he's going to try to win all his games. Just like, I think he always tries to win all his games. Now he makes mistakes in decisions and, and different management issues that have led to that not being a frequent uh, end result. But no, I think he'll try to win the games I, I have, and not to stick it to the Patriots, not mm-hmm. to, hey, you want to fire me? I'll show you. You'll pick 15th and you'll get the fifth best quarterback. I know how that feels, sucker. No, like, I think, hello, you play to win the game. I think that's what most coaches look at. They play to win the game. Mm-hmm. Um I think they're both ridiculous. Like, I think it's ridiculous to think he would try to win to get the 15th pick to stick it to Robert Kraft. I also think it's ridiculous to think he would intentionally lose to fall on his face as some like final measure of, of respect or right. Here's, here's my gift to you, Pat's nation Four absolute garbage game plans. Like the Patriots have a roster capable of losing four of these four games. Right. And, and I look, no further than last week, they could have easily lost to the Steelers. If they don't get that offsides call on the punt snapper, they might lose. If Bailey Zappi's throw to Hunter Henry is this much shorter, they might lose. It's an interception. Like they were, they, I mean, they didn't score in the, the second half. They scored all their points. They had two drives and then a short field. Thanks to a turnover. Basically they had a blocked punt. They had a fortuitous mm-hmm. uh, flag on a punt for the Steelers. Like, They were, and the Steelers are a bad football team with Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, they're talking about firing Mike Tomlin. Two Hall of Fame coaches were talked about getting fired basically because of what's been going on over the last week. Yeah, and I even saw a question that came through. I didn't even think it merited necessarily answering, but someone suggested, like, if they're talking about canning Tomlin in Pittsburgh, how about a coach swap? That's not going to happen. Would you take Mm. Mike Tomlin? Uh, I'd I'd be interested to see what he could do. Would you take Mike Tomlin? Would you take Mike Tomlin overseeing some of the Belichick um, regime? Like Gerard Mayo stays as the D coordinator, mm-hmm. and the offensive coordinator is either Bill O'Brien or Josh McDaniels. Would you take Mike Tomlin as a true head coach? If Mike Tomlin comes with whoever helped pick all those wide receivers in Pittsburgh, yes. Okay, well, that's not going to happen because Kevin Colbert is happily retired, I believe. I know, but they still continue to pick good ones. It's just that the attitude, like they don't have a good enough quarterback to get the receivers the ball, but there's obviously talent on the outside and in the slot in Pittsburgh. Would you like receivers that are talented enough to sulk? I've always talked about that. Yeah. Like Randy Moss sulked. He took plays off. Jabril Pepper, uh, j- uh, now I can say Julius. I wanted to say Julius this time, and I said Jabril, damn it, with the Peppers brothers. Julius Peppers used to take plays off. They would accuse him when he was pass rushing of taking, like, I'd love to have a Hall of Fame talent that everyone's sulky talent. Right. Oh my God. I would I would kill for a moody bitch right about now. Are right. you kidding me? We have With guys the, the, that have the, to escalate like 10 levels to become moody bitches, as you put oh, it. Oh, yeah. I would absolutely like people with otherworldly talent. We used to call them global or planetary players. Absolutely freaking lootly, I would. Each and every day that ends in AY and twice on Sunday. All right. Moving on. Let's see. What do we got here? Okay. 
Alan Monjun says, if the speculation is true, my hope is Bill goes to Buffalo or to the Jets and stomps all over the Pats for the next five years. Kraft is a coward if he used current to break that news. Ooh, that's not even really so much a question. I just thought that was a fire take. Yeah, there's no uh, question in there. Um, it's an interesting take. So you'll be rooting for the Bills or the Jets over the Patriots, much like a lot of people were rooting for the Bucks for that year. I don't know if we'll <laughs> cover the Bills or the Bucks because it's Belichick. Um, he's been here a quarter century. Why would people be so mad? Do they literally want to see Bill Belichick coaching in his mid eighties here? Sometimes you have to learn to let go, people. Yeah, you absolutely do. Like I, that's been my argument all along. He's old. The age plays a factor in this, not just the struggles of the recent years, but the age as well. Um, the other angle there, it's interesting. We hadn't really broached that topic. Um, is there a chance that Tom Curran has gotten himself in trouble with his sources because, yeah, I, I shared some some tone or some discussion with you after that Colts game. I didn't think you'd go public with it and report that I'd already made the decision, whether it's Robert, Jonathan, someone further down, whatever. Um, is it possible that that's part of Curran's trepidation is he feels like they're going to be upset with him for. Mm -hmm. I just lost I just lost my source inside the building. Like what I said is true, but now that's the last nugget I'll get from them. Right. Because they've had enough crap to deal with this year, and they probably didn't feel like dealing with this before the holidays. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. What else? We got Sarah Hendricks. What's the most likely landing spot for Bill if he leaves? And do you think Mayo takes over as HC of the NEP? Uh, I still think the most likely landing spot is that Chargers gig. I know the people in, in L.A. poo-poo it because they don't think that the Spanos family will pony up the money, the $20 million a year or whatever it's going to cost to bring Bill in. Um, I think that would be nearsighted. I mean, we just saw mm -hmm. an example in L.A. of long-term um, business planning with Shohei Otani joining the Dodgers on a unique contract. Oh, I yeah. got to think if I'm the Chargers, I mean, can't I find a way to swallow my organizational or financial cheapness and say, if we bring in Bill Belichick and we win the Super Bowl, it changes the fortunes of our franchise. It changes everything for Justin Herbert and us. So find a look under the couch cushions and find a few extra bucks to get this guy in here. We'll make tenfold, twentyfold, thirtyfold on the back end if he does what right. we think he can do. Just like with Otani, the marketing dollars, the market, like all of a sudden, any team that were to trade for or acquire the services of Bill Belichick as HC, GM, or combination therein next year at least would get multiple national primetime games. They, now, of course, you can get flexed out of those games, as we've learned recently, but you'd get primetime games, billboards, marketing, clicks, buzz, all of it. To me, it's either Washington with Jonathan Kraft's relationship with the new majority owner down there in Washington, or it's the Chargers. I can't see him going anywhere else should he continue coaching the NFL beyond this year. Everybody um, always throws in the Cowboys if they fall on their face in the postseason and Jerry gets I, desperate. And... This is the best the Cowboys have looked to me. I, I feel like Which the Cowboys... actually improves Bill Belichick's chances to go there, in my opinion. Because the Ooh. better they look, the bigger the expectation they are building up in Dallas. So if they come up short and don't go to the Super Bowl, I think there will be even greater disappointment, greater motivation or impetus for jerry jones to do something drastic and drastic is bill you can't spell drastic without belichick i'm pretty sure you can um you must spell things differently than i do that's fine i mean there's common core people learn differently now that's we're not spelling's here to judge overrated. we're just here to discuss spelling's overrated we live in a digital world ai clean up my story uh curb 410 i'm gonna go ahead and condense this question for you 
What if Kraft was the one that mandated that Max starts? And now with Zappi in there, if he strings together a few wins and they finish the season on a high note, does that improve Belichick's chances of keeping the job in case there's some doubt left in their minds? No. Hmm. no. <laughs> All right. Good answer. Well, I mean, are we saying that so did Robert Kraft cut Bailey Zappi? Because they See, cut Bailey Zappi. Right. So whether Robert wanted Mac to start or not, uh, I think uh, there could be some truth to that, sure. that we need to find out what we have here in our former first round pick franchise quarterback. So I'm sure Robert was on board with that, but did he say cut all the other quarterbacks, let Bailey Zappi hang free, screw with Bailey Zappi? Cause if Bill, if Bill is going to have any credibility based on the final month of Bailey Zappi success, like this hypothetical is painting, Bill would have to be an advocate for Bailey Zappi. And I'm not sure how much of an advocate for Bailey Zappi Bill was at this, in this process. Very, very, very uh, good point. Uh, let's see. I'm going to combine two questions into one. Sean Michael and Wesley Garman. Uh, does Bill get released? Do they trade him? And uh, that was Sean's. Uh, that was Sean's question. I'll tie in Wesley Garman's. Um, and is there anyone better than Ben Johnson to replace him? Better than Ben Johnson. Um, the OC of the DL. Right. Who are they've been Thanksgiving on? They've like actually, I think it was even before the Thanksgiving game, the Bears game, Thanksgiving game after that that they won. So they've they've gone two and two of their recent four. But the Lions do not look like the same team that raced out to an eight and two start and had people thinking they had a shot at representing the NFC at uh, at SB five eight. It's a uh, it's a marathon, not a sprint. We've learned that more this year than maybe ever. These short stints of who's great, who isn't. Bills are awesome. Bills stink. Dolphins are great. Dolphins aren't that good. I don't know who is good. Everybody's hurt. Nobody's playing. Who's going to finish in the end? Uh, ben Johnson is a quality candidate. He's certainly up there. I think he's done a very good job with Jared Goff. And we know that in this league, a premium is put upon what you can do with a quarterback because that's what everybody's fixated on. Um, mm -hmm. I think a lot of people think maybe he's in the running for the the Panthers job. He's from that area, I believe. Um, could get a Ooh. shot. Right, young. Yeah. Um, you know, I like Shane Waldron, my buddy. Uh, what he's done with the Seahawks offense and Geno Smith and some of the things that have gone on out there that's had certainly some ups and downs and ebbs and flows. But I think he should be in consideration. He has ties to the Patriots organization in this area. Um, beyond that, I... I don't know, like Mike Vrabel, we continue to throw out there mm -hmm. and it's like, oh, he's going to get fired in, in Tennessee and you want that crappy coach and he's not going to get fired and they love him and he just got a good win in that whole thing. Like, yeah, they sure as hell played their ass off. For, now, it could be the same thing. Like they played their ass off for Belichick in Pittsburgh. They played their ass off Monday night for Vrabel. That was a very impressive win because the Patriots were not down two touchdowns with three and a half minutes left. That said, well, in Miami, a way it's impressive, but I keep pushing back on that just in my um, sort of logical sense. Anyone who watched that game, they could not have false started more often. And generally, when oh, we there were mistakes. Mistakes penalty, were made along the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like you're like Jesus. I, I mean, if I were Vrabel, I would have wanted to kill everybody that plays on that <laughs> offensive line. Um, so it's they're definitely fighting for him, but they're not fighting in the cleanliness of uh, cleanliness of manners for that football team. Mm -hmm. But I would keep Vrabel on the list. Mayo's on the list. Ben Johnson on the list. Shane Waldron on the list. I'm sure there's probably like a wild card that we're not talking about somewhere on the list i don't know if you'd have to include bill o'brien or josh mcdaniels you know people mm -hmm. that have relationships existing relationships with we saw it with bill belichick like yeah bill belichick got the job in 2000 because of 1996 the pre-existing relationship with robert Kraft. so are there some of those pre-existing relationships that would matter
Has Ben Volan right? Do they really covet Vrabel? Is the answer been right there in front of us all along because it's Gerard Mayo since uh, Robert Kraft said he made such an effort to hold on to him? Could there be Brian someone Flores? else out there? Beeflo, who is getting the uh, Vikings defense to do some good things out there. Now he has mm -hmm. the whole up and down, sue the NFL, racism, Belichick, Giants. Like there's a lot. Does it that have to be a that. familiar face though? Like, do you want a no. familiar? Like, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? No, I'm not just saying like, does it really? But like, would no. you want a familiar face or do you want a fresh face? I want a good face. All That's right. in general. I would like a better face. Oh yes, see okay. this thing well, right this here. This is not a. This is you. If, all right, AI, get to work. F fix Andy's face for us, if you wouldn't mind, please. For those that are watching on YouTube and check out our uh, social clips. And last but not least, Thomas Corshain. How big will Bill Belichick's statue be? Um, Does he get a statue? One inch shorter than Tom Brady's? Oh, it'll be. This should be sh definitely short. Should they have got? Here's a question for me. Shouldn't they have gone out together? What do you mean? Like Phil Jackson left the same time Michael Jordan did from the Bulls. Now they both pursued their careers elsewhere. Would you would you and or Patriots fans have felt better about all of this if Belichick and Brady left together at the same time? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, just on a on a um and on a, on an emotional sense. Correct. Yeah, like I think there would have been great closure, finality, the dynasty, that's when it ended. They both walked out the door. It's a new era of Patriots football. We would have avoided the Belichick Brady bashing of each other. And I don't mean by each other. I mean, by like their fan bases and, Oh, we've mm -hmm. now proven that Belichick's a boob. He can't coach. Cause he can't win right. without Brady. It was always like, Brady. But no, like, like we would have felt way better about all of this. If they like, if Belichick was entering his fifth year as head coach or finishing his fourth year as head coach of whomever. Right. And he sucks. He could suck there. He could succeed there, but just be elsewhere. Like go your separate ways. That would have, yeah, right. that would have been, uh, I would have I would have voted for that if we had a, if this were a choose your own adventure and we got sure. to that page in the book, I would have chosen they go off in their separate ways at the same time. So would I. But we were stuck with Bill in the divorce for a while and we had whoa, to live at whoa, home with mom stuck with Bill. Yep. Whoa, you people. Mm -hmm. I, I, I own those words myself. I would have been happy with the 20 years. That would have been good enough. Stuck with Bill. You know what? You can't spell stuck without Bella Tuck the <laughs> Belichick. Exactly. All right, there's your mailbag. Thanks to the questions uh, from you good people, you people, uh, my people, the people, listenership and the readers and everyone else that helps make up this fabulous community here on Six Rings and Football Things brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook. Don't forget to sign up. We'll have our bet of the week coming up here on our preview pod of Patriots and Chiefs. Uh, we now give you the final leg of this podcast. Excellent podcast midweek. We've had mailbag. We've had discussions, analyses. And more, we will now give you Mike Cadlick from WEI.com catching up with Tom E. Curran discussing his now famous report-ish, uh, his words Monday night and a few other things in Pat's Nation and the current state of New England football. Good job, everybody. Thanks very much for tuning in, everybody. We are always brought to you by WEI Odyssey and 2400 Sports. For Terp, for Hart, for Cadlick, for Curran, for Fitzy, for everybody, this has been Six Rings and Football Things. We will talk to you soon. As always, good day. God bless. Go Pats. And here's Cadillac and Curran. All right, everybody. Welcome back into the Six Rings and Football Things podcast here for WEEI and for Odyssey Sports. Back with another beat reporter check-in following the Patriots' 21-18 win in Pittsburgh versus the Steelers. Uh, gets them to 3-10 and 10 on the season, and they will now take on the Kansas City Chiefs this coming Sunday. But first, we're back with, like I said, another beat reporter check-in down here in Foxborough. 
And joining me today, we have none other than NBC Sports Boston's Patriots insider, Tom Curran. Tom, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, how are we doing today? Mikey boy, I am tremendous. Thank you very much for having me, big fan. Of course, of I yours. appreciate it. Appreciate uh, appreciate you saying that. Uh, so we are, uh, again, as we always do here, like, you know, if, if you listen, State of the Patriots, uh, they're coming off a mini buy after Thursday, made the change of quarterback two weeks ago, and uh, Bailey Zappi, Tom, actually looked pretty good for at least one half of football uh, out in Pittsburgh. So uh, I would just want to get your thoughts on, you know, what you make of the change, uh, the spark, if you will, um, that that sort of jolted into them. And if it means anything moving forward, do you think they'll continue to play better? Do you think he earned, you know, that starting job moving mm-hmm. forward for the rest of the season? And uh, just what you make of, you know, the the move from Mac Jones to Bailey Zappi uh, coming down the stretch here for the Pats? Yeah, I think it's undeniable that there was a bump. Now, why was there a bump? Why did they play better? Why were the tackles on when when Connor McDermott so good on Highsmith and TJ Watt? Um, because... Clearly, Bailey Zappi was afforded with time. And with that, he did things, as opposed to what we saw with Mac Jones. Even when he was afforded time, he still didn't look like he was certain what he was looking at. and He was pressing. So there was definitely a Bailey bump. I think that a lot of it came perhaps because of elevated play from his teammates around him that had nothing to do with it's not traceable to anything. Like they scored a touchdown in this first drive in relief against the Giants as well. Right. Then they didn't score against the Chargers. Then they scored two touchdown drives and one an 11 yarder, but all three were really good throws against, um, help me, Steelers. Yeah, yeah, right. So it's, it's very hard. I mean, he didn't have a high bar to clear by any stretch of the imagination, but he was, he, he was more poised. He showed more pocket awareness. He showed more decisiveness and scrambling. He was able to keep his downfield throws on the grid as opposed right. to hitting the cheerleaders the way Mac had been. He was not more accurate, I don't think, in the short range. But all those other things I would happily take. Could Mac Jones still play better than Bailey Zappi if all things were equal? Yeah, but all things aren't equal because right. Mac's got a ready yoke for a brain right now. So... Go with Bailey Zappi, let him let him run. And what I think will be interesting too, Mike, is look at all the quarterbacks who eventually who our backups come crashing back. Whether it's Josh Dobbs, whether it's Gardner Minshew a few years ago. We can go on and on with the number of backup quarterbacks who perform well and then crash back. We would probably presume that Tommy DeVito will be the next. Yeah, that's what I was just gonna say. That's the one I'm waiting for now. Yeah. So kudos to him. Ride it as long as you can. Establish yourself, if you can, as the reigning number two for the 2024 season. That's yeah. his goal. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm with you, and I think, too, and I, I wrote about this, you know, this morning for WEI.com, just how, you know, it looks like the Patriots, and I wrote it as the Patriots have something in Bailey Zappi, and people took that and ran with it, and, you know, got, got all mad to see the word something, but, you know, if you read what I wrote, it was, there's a spark, and there's something there, and even... You know, whether guys like Dietrich Wise or Jelani Tavai, who were asked about it, want to admit it or not, you know, there there was something there. And people started to gravitate towards him and they played better. And it doesn't mean he should start next season. It doesn't even mean that he earned the right to be on the roster next season. But mm-hmm. there's something there. And let you, like you said, ride it out the rest of the way. See if you can put together some wins, you know, save face a little bit for the Patriots, you know, moving into next season. 
Uh, and that's sort of where I want to, you know, take the conversation next because Patriots on a national stage this past weekend, obviously they played in prime time and then army Navy was here and Pat McAfee's talking to Robert Kraft and telling him he doesn't envy him. And, you know, uh, you know, this, this bill Belichick job status took a little bit of the national forefront, um, mm-hmm. you know, just with, with McAfee talking about it. And y- you spoke on, um, our Bella early edition Monday, uh, Monday night, I believe. And, you know, we're kind of talking and, you know, speculating and I guess, you know, talking about Bill Belichick's job status moving forward into next season and where this team could go. And so mm-hmm. uh, do you think with, you know, Zappi playing well with a couple more wins, um, do you think this is, you know, this could have any indication of where the team goes next season? Do you think they need a change? Like what's going to happen? Where's Bill at? Where's this team at, you know, going into sure. 2024? Opinion wise. I think that I would conclude what I believe the crafts have concluded already. And, you know, conversations I had coming out of the Indianapolis game and heading into a bye week and then the Giants game and then the Chargers game. So this was when the Patriots were two and eight, you know, indicated that there would be a change at the end of the season. Now, can that change? Of course it can. How could that change? Well, the chances of it changing would be remote. Right. Team is three and ten. They would have to show absolutely massive improvement. Just start blowing teams out. I mean, you blow out the Broncos and you blow out the Chiefs and you blow out the Bills, and Bailey's happy throwing for four hundred a week. <laughs> and all of a sudden, Tyquan Thornton looks like AJ Brown and Keenan Allen all wrapped up in one. But then that gives you pause. But if they maintain to be a team that is, you know, again, the Pittsburgh game, they scored 21, but it was really 14 on drives. They're a team that can't crest 21 points generally. 15 points, 10 points. Right. So the results to me, the quarterback situation, the condition of the roster, the swings and misses in free agency from 2021, the draft misses, the coaching staff decisions made and really the lack of development, Mike, that we're seeing among the players, all that Mm -hmm. trebled by the fact that Robert Kraft has said innumerable times, I need results. Yep. I want to win. Winning's most important. We want to go to the playoffs. Like, yeah, exactly. So regardless of conversations I had in Indianapolis, it, you know, if you can't figure out, that the Patriots and ownership are exquisitely dissatisfied and going to be making a move, then you probably couldn't find your ass with both hands. <laughs> I, I'm with you. I mean, and people, you know, it's it, every time you mention it, there's a subset of fans that are like, they can't fire Bill and they won't do this. And I get it. And, you know, you has you have mentioned this and it's the reason why they didn't fire Bill after the Colts, because it is Bill Belichick. And, you know, you did have a bye week and you could have reset there, but you're not going to do it. You're going to do it with, you know, this honor and respect that everybody wants them to. But at the end of the day, you're right. The results aren't there. The wins aren't there. Kraft wants to win. They're going to do what they want to do to win. He said that on game day. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens, obviously. Um, but we do have the Chiefs. So or were you going to say something? Or are you good? No, no. Just, I guess, too, Mike. You know, minds can change. And that, yeah, of course. You know, reporting of this nature is tenuous. Mm-hmm. Because it's based on sources and it's based on conversations that you have while things are going on. Um, and especially when a decision is being made later and it's a decision right. made by just, you know, a few few people. Um, you know, could Bill Belichick be charismatic enough, Mike, to make a case to stick around? Hey, you know what? I, I don't want to leave. 
and I can do X, Y, and Z, and I can make this happen and that happen. Look, I don't think those conversations had been had prior to the uh, the Indianapolis game, and I don't know if they've been had yet. Mm-hmm. Like we have to figure out what the desires of Bill Belichick are, and that's what I think is really fascinating. Before we get to the Chiefs in this game, is how messy or clean will the breakup right. be? And that that to me is what's going to drive things. Does yeah. Bill Belichick say, yeah, you know what? You're right. Kind of sucked. It's production business. What does he say? How can you be so ungrateful? You thought right. it was going to happen like that? Yeah, it's fascinating. It's interesting. It's it's uh, you know, it's why it's why this team, despite you know, being three and ten at the bottom of the AFC, continues to be so fascinating in mm-hmm. you know the middle of December. So um, all right, before I let you go, Tom. Chiefs this weekend, Taylor Swift potentially in town. Uh, Chiefs coming off a two-game losing streak. The uh, you know some controversy at the end of the Bills game with the offsides nonsense. Which, by the way, the guy was completely offsides. I don't know what Patrick Holmes is yelling about, but uh, still a pretty good Chiefs team. One of the better defenses in football. Obviously, the best player in football in the Holmes. Uh, how can the Patriots win this game? Do the Patriots win this game? And uh, if you'd like to, you can give me a final score prediction before I let you go. It's too early in the week for the final score prediction. That's fair. How do the Patriots win the game? Yes. You know, they don't. <laughs> um, but <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. But I said the same thing before Pittsburgh. So, right. And I know Pittsburgh's a horse of a different color, but I also said before the Pittsburgh game, well, yeah, you know, Barry's really going to be screwed here because the Steelers' defense is better than the Chargers' right. defense, and they didn't score any, and they go on, they score 21. So bizarre things can happen. Um, how do they do it? They against Kansas City they obviously profit from turnovers they find a Kansas City team that's flat and on the road after two disappointing losses they find an unmotivated Kansas City team Bill Belichick unearths and uncovers a game plan that really reduces the effectiveness of Travis Kelsey but also bottles everybody else up and then they get in the end zone yep. you know how often can you trick it up to run Ezekiel Elliott. Did he have 30 touches or 29 the other day? It was it was, it was close to 30, yeah. Right. It was 29. That's awesome. That's great. I'm excited. I enjoy watching him handle the football. But it's not like, oh, my God, where are we going to find Ezekiel Elliott? Right. It's not like it's Tyreek Hill or like somebody who's really, you know, he's eventually going to run to you and you're going to hit him. And you can't do that. And have that be the only game in town for your offense. And that's really what Ezekiel Elliott is. So they're going to have to have something more innate. They're going to have to play field position. They're going to have to rely on turnovers. But you and I both know that those are all too many. They're going to have to, to expect to get stacked up and get a win. 100%. I'm with you. Um, you can stick around to the podcast feed to listen to my full prediction with Andy uh, later on this week here on Six Rings. Um, Tom, thanks so much for joining me. Appreciate uh, appreciate you coming on with me. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Tom E. Karin. You can obviously read all his stuff, NBCSportsBoston.com. Watch him on NBC Sports on your television uh, and all good things like that. Tom, we appreciate it. Uh, continue to listen to the Six Rings and Football Things podcast. Make sure you rate, review, subscribe, uh, all that good stuff, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening.